This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. I can let this one ride for a little bit. I didn't know Reed had this. He doesn't. I play all the other stuff when he's away. When the the cat's away, the mice will play. This is my stash. <laughs> you keep dipping into it as long as you'd like. I'm sure our next guest has no problem with the tone and tenor of that either. Cam Moon, you know him and love him from the Oilers Radio Network here on 630 Ched. Appreciate you jumping on tonight, Cam. How are you doing? Doing well. I appreciate you bringing out the uh, high-end tunes, too. Very um, nice. I'll tell you what, sometimes I just get to sit back and and this uh, producer we've got on the other side of the glass, Mr. Kellen Kennedy, slides one in there that just strikes a chord. Oh. <laughs> so, nice. So tell me this. i got to ask you out of the gate. Did you, did you make it in the building for the gold medal game when Canada secured its 19th on the weekend? Oh, yeah, I was there for that. <laughs> Tell me about Unbe- it. Unbelievable. Like, and I've been to, there was one Canada game I didn't go to. Uh, otherwise, I was at all the Canadian games. And then I was at some, I was at random games as well, both uh, semifinals and that sort of thing. So I, I saw quite a few games. But the drama and uh, the competitive nature and level not to mention the very enthusiastic crowd of that final made that a real wonderful evening to watch hockey. It would have been disappointing if Canada had lost, having been up 2 nothing at one point in that final. If they had lost in overtime, which, I mean, they were uh, a couple of millimeters away from doing, if not for uh, Mason McTavish and his heroics, but... Uh, yeah, the drama, the uh, and I got to give Finland credit for not going away and battling in that game because in the first period it looked like they might they might get their doors blown off, but they they battle back, they get their feet under them in the second, they take it over a bit in the third period, and then you know three on three overtime, uh, they didn't expect it to go long, it didn't go long. I love that it was never going to go to a shootout. I mean three on three, it's a little bit gimmicky to decide a championship but at least it's still hockey and it's not a skills competition and yeah that was that was fun crowd was really into it i really enjoyed that atmosphere and uh good on canada when they went eight nine players that weren't there due to whatever whether that be injury or, or just choosing not to play as they're about to embark on a pro career within a month's time uh, it shows the depth of the canadian system to uh to be that that good even missing that amount of players we've often talked about what it might look like with a second canadian team at some of these best on best events and you know we got treated to a little bit of that mason mctavish though 
is going to be a superstar in the NHL, in my opinion, if it wasn't cemented in this tournament. Yeah. I mean, what more evidence do you need? This was Eberle-esque, in my opinion, and that doesn't happen very often. But when you have sort of that, like, for those who don't understand what a, an NFT is, I don't really either, but I think that a moment like that where you see McTavish, like, knock the puck out of the air, like, that gets saved as an NFT. That's a part of Canadian hockey history. Right now, we could put it on a postage stamp as far as I'm concerned. Like, some players just oh. are able to rise to the occasion, Cam, yeah. and this time around, it was Mason McTavish. It was amazing. You're right. That's, that's going to be one of those moments in Canadian hockey history, whether it be you know, World Juniors, World Championships, uh, whatever you want to call, any of the best on best, you're right. But that was like one of those, it's going to be an instantly recognizable moments. And as it was happening, from where I was sitting, I was sitting in the loge level, I couldn't believe the puck didn't go in. I couldn't, I, in real time from where I was sitting, I couldn't understand how it didn't go in it wasn't until the replay where it actually did it justice but in real time it looked like it was going in and then all of a sudden it didn't you know you ha you kind of had to piece it together in your head like i guess you must have picked that out of the air because next thing you know it was on the ice it's amazing you didn't knock it in when it was on the ice for that matter but that it's just uh there are some huge moments over the course of the world junior championships history for canada uh Jordan Eberle was a part of that. Uh, you know, I, I think of those, or I, I think of that old five team where, you know, I, I guess there wasn't like a huge dramatic moment, but they were just so dominant. But this is one of those ones that, you know, 10 years from now we'll still be talking about. And, and Mason McTavish, I mean, he took that team on his shoulders. Like, there were times I thought over the course of the tournament where it just looked like he was in the wrong league. It, like, it looked like. Like there, there should be a you know a better level for him to play at because he's at times dominating that one, and, and also I was, I was so impressed with Olin Selwager. Wow, uh, just outstanding on the back end, great on the power play, but his ability to uh, to see the play and to set things up and to control it was uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, the product of Fort Saskatchewan and plays with the Everett Silvertips was just I. I I knew he was good, but that was the first time I was able to watch him play in person and watch him play on the biggest stage against the best players. And he was he was one of the best players of the best players. Yeah, and would have been in a very different role had, say, Caden Gooley been yeah. on the team, for example, right? So it was a different opportunity for some of these players to shine, and, and shine they did. And, and you mentioned Kama wasn't necessarily sewn up heading into that third period with no. the two-goal lead. And I think Cheryl Pounder even said on the broadcast, like, if they don't get the next goal here, Finland is coming back to tie the hockey game, and then... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Finland comes I know. Back. So, and we've seen that the, the Canadian collapse, you know, in 2011, for example, I, I believe it was in in yeah. Buffalo. And there's there's been instances in history where we've seen the moment be too big for the Canadians, and and then when you see your captain uh, really settle things down, I, I guess, and and kind of a way that's really hard to describe uh, that's the difference between having a collapse and not <laughs> yeah yeah true true i mean that was that was a big part of it but team finland they they like i didn't think they were going to win the semi-final i thought sweden was going to beat them i looked at uh team sweden's lineup and i'm like that's that's just a lot of talent but the will and the desire of Team Finland was greater than I, than I thought Team Sweden. I thought it came down to that, is how bad Finland wanted that semifinal. And you could see it in the final, how bad they wanted that too. And that's what pushed Canada to, to that end. Canada played very well throughout that tournament. And, and that's, that, was, that final was, it was amazing. But it was amazing because both teams were digging in as hard as they did. And to to you know get in there and and watch Canada win that thing in overtime. I mean, they easily could have lost that absolutely. And you know, honestly, I I don't think that would have been embarrassing given what what Finland brought to the table in that game. But that was it was highly entertaining. Uh, Logan Stankoven of the Kamloops Blazers. I thought he was unbelievable in in the final in the semi. And in the last round robin game, he started to take his his game up. They had Ridley Gregg, uh, the Ottawa Senator, dropped it. He was he was out of the lineup due to injury. So that was another guy that was out of the mix. That you know, normally a top nine guy, and and you know somebody else has to fill that role, and and somebody else has to step up. And Canada had those guys, and it was exciting. It was, and it was a lot of noise at Rogers Place. And, yeah, I know the crowds weren't final, but that final had a lot of juice. And thank goodness, because to leave it on that note, I think yeah. is probably the most lasting impression that you could have hoped from the standpoint of the organizers and wanting to show off Edmonton. And it was a tough time of year, as we know, to draw. But that crowd for, for the final, I can only imagine how energized that that was. Yeah, it was. It was it was a real charged atmosphere, which was great to see. I mean, when, when's the last time we had an August where it was like 30 degrees every day? You know, <laughs> the last I, all of a sudden you have a, a world junior tournament in town and, and then the weather becomes, you know, historically good. <laughs> so it wasn't that wasn't the greatest mix. But I mean, what are you going to do? They wanted to get this thing played. They got it played. Uh, they had a final that was was outstanding, that was uh, that was well attended. I certainly helped that Canada was in it, but uh, they deserved to be in it. They played well enough uh, to be in it. They played well enough to win it. So good on them. Uh, I would expect uh, come holiday season, things will be uh, far more normal as far as that goes, with it being in its traditional time. Cam Moon is the voice of the Oilers here on 6.30. Ched, sticking with international hockey, we hear today that the World Cup is expected back in February of 2024. Uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly saying today's looking at games um, almost like two pools, like one European pool and then a North American pool. So I'm curious to see how they approach this one, but the more international best-on-best -best hockey we can get, the better 
in in my opinion we we have been so deprived recently and i can't imagine we're at this point in, in Connor mcdavid's career and we haven't really seen him compete on the international stage it's been way too long yeah yeah that would it'd be nice to have something like that for sure um those and especially when you when the when you have as many countries as you do now that at that level i think can be competitive um that makes it it just makes it better uh, with more teams that have legitimate opportunities to win. Yes, we should see Connor McDavid in more of these situations. Uh, that's good for everybody. Um, it, I enjoy those type of tournaments. I mean, I, I think back to the old Canada Cups, and, uh, you know, whether they were a World Cup or, or any of those. Those are all those are all tremendous. And yeah, I'll take any and all that they'll give us for sure. <laughs> could be could be real special when you think about the amount of Oilers. That's only a couple of years away, right? So if you consider yeah. this the window to win, the window where all of things are supposed to you know, theoretically be peaking, I could see Broberg playing for Sweden, Dreisaitl if Germany has a team or Europe or however they end up structuring that. And I can see McDavid and Nurse and maybe even Zach Hyman on Team Canada depending on how the team the season's going for him at that time as well like it would be a very strongly represented oilers contingent at such a tournament in my opinion yeah and that would that would make it fun like it would make it fun for other fans having uh, you know players on on different teams different sides like i just yeah that would uh, that would would bring a little added something to it um it's you know, unfortunately, we we didn't get the the Olympics the way we wanted to get the Olympics last year, and hey, that's how it goes. But looking forward to to whatever international hockey best on best we can get, uh, because the level of play is so high and it gets so competitive right at the top levels, and we have multiple countries that could compete for a gold, and that makes it better. What do you think about the time of year that they've got it scheduled for? Essentially synchronize it with the Olympics and then do it on like a two-year rotation versus yeah, having it in the summer, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, having it in the summer is is okay. But I, and I'm looking at it from the player's point of view. Boy, that makes it a long season. Like, it just – and I feel for these guys that just played in the World Juniors, like – You've just played, um, you know, for the the, te- the Canada guys. You've just played a major junior season that went longer than than it normally does. Then you, you know, play this very highly um, competitive, but you know, good, tough tournament. Not that long before you're going to training camp. And from the players' point of view, I would think if you if you could wedge it into the season you shut things down for a bit i mean for the other players they get a bit of a break which i'm sure is welcomed um i mean the players involved in this they don't but they do get their summer off so i would probably say this is the the lesser of two evils as far as you know where you're placing it you kind of like the the world juniors is, is a little different in that you know the major junior teams keep playing without those players um, which in some cases makes it, well, look what it did to the Oil Kings last year, at least when, when the World Juniors had started last year during the holiday season. They were missing a ton of players. It makes it very difficult. But, 
but it doesn't um, take away your summertime, your off time, your downtime, which I think is very important too. Two more questions here for Oilers play-by-play man Cam Moon on Inside Sports. First being, I know you're an avid Elks fan. It must have been a nice relief to see you take care of the first bit of business on the road against Ottawa last week. Are you going to be in attendance at the second half of this doubleheader this Saturday? 100%, yes. 100%, I will be there. Um, I will go early. I'll tell you, though. So I was... uh, that was I went to uh, in between those semifinal games. Is that one? Yeah, it was between the semifinal games. I was watching Elks, and when it got to 12-3 for the Red Blacks, now I had been yelling. I was yelling at my TV quite a bit at that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could not get over how uh, how solid they were in the second half. Good for them. Uh, get a win on the road. Can't wait to see a win at home. And I think this Saturday it's going to finally happen. Um, you know, they played well. They deserved the win. And, you know, Taylor Cornelius, I thought he was solid. I thought the D was solid. I've been impressed with their ability, and not just in that game, but some other games. Uh, When only rushing three on D to still pressure the quarterback to the level that they have. So hopefully that continues. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It it looks like the weather's going to be great. Would love to see a lot of people uh, at Commonwealth for for Saturday night because – there's something special about going. I think personally, I just, there's something about going to Commonwealth on a, on a warm evening and and going to the game and enjoying all that that it is. And I'm looking forward to it. And uh, finally, as we shift gears to the diamond, the Toronto Blue Jays cam 11 games above 500 and yet locked in a wild wild card race it is as aptly named this year as it's ever been when we're talking about the wild card i know you're a big ball fan uh what a what a last couple of weeks it's been it seems like every game every win and loss is just it, like everything hangs in the balance yeah it's been unbelievable I, they just got out of a bases loaded jam against the red sox i got it on right now and they're tied at two um Seattle lost this afternoon, which is good for Toronto if they can find a way to squeeze this one out against Boston. But yes, the ups and downs, the the you know slightly expanded uh, wild card this year, it's, it should made, made for incredible drama on the American League side for sure. I, I, the Yankees have gone in the tank there for a while. They won their last two against the Mets, which is a big deal in New York, and it looks like it's pulled them out at least somewhat briefly uh, and possibly temporarily. We'll see. But, yeah, I love seeing the, the Blue Jays being competitive. I don't know if you've had a chance because you've been, you've been busy with the show tonight. But if you haven't yet, you've got to see the play Matt Chapman made tonight for the Blue Jays to start a double play. It, it's going to make every highlight reel tonight. It is one of the most amazing defensive plays I've seen in a while. So I have been really dialed in uh, with not just the Blue Jays, but but MLB because I, I love that sort of stuff. But um, it it looks like this could go right down to the wire as to who's in and who isn't. And I love that that's the case. I mean, if you go back to, you know, way back when just the division winners, and there was only two divisions in each league and just the division winners got in. And there was a lot of teams that were out of it, but you know, well before this time, months before this time. And, and it just, it's tough to keep the interest up But with the way it is right now. And uh, the way this is by the looks of things is going to, you know, go right down to the better end. It makes all these games so important. 
Uh, Blue Jays have some uh, teams coming up that they should win. Doesn't mean they will, but uh, then they got some big ones uh, within their own division. So yeah, it's it looks like it's gonna be a grind right to the end. That makes it uh, that much more fun to me. Certainly does. It'll be a fun watch, Cam. Thanks for hopping on Inside Sports tonight, my friend. All right. Thanks for having me on. Cam Boone, the voice of Oilers play-by-play here on 630 Chad's Inside Sports, back after this. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Personal with these. This is this this hits home. Great track. Our Lady Peace. Navid. As we wind down this edition of Inside Sports, I will remind you, Dave is back in the host chair tomorrow. And then, of course, he's your color analyst for Elks Football Saturday evening, 5 o'clock kickoff. He and Morley on the play-by-play. I will have the countdown show. Elks president and CEO Victor Kui set to make an appearance. We'll talk about where things are at here on the other side of, of mid-season. We're in the second half now. And at 3-7, and seven, Edmonton can break a our franchise record losing streak on home field it's been 12 games it's been over a thousand days it's been a couple of seasons since we've seen them uh, emerge victorious on home field this means a lot to this football team so saturday against the worst record i won't call them the worst team in the league but they do have the worst record right now in the ottawa red blacks so uh, a very important game elks wise taylor cornelius back at the helm at quarterback once again can they can they get the run game going like they had it last week anti milanovic litre big game big game from him cornelius really factoring in in that realm all on his own as well five o'clock kickoff once again appreciate you tuning in tonight Big thanks to our guests, Cam Moon, Derek Taylor, and Bob Stoffer. Reed's back in the host chair on Monday. Lots between now and then. Appreciate you tuning in. It's Brendan Escott saying so long tonight from the 630 Chad Studios.